0: Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and with me, as ever, is Merrick Larwood. My name is Merrick Larwood. <laughs> How are you doing, Merrick?
1: I don't know. I feel a bit disorientated today.
0: Oh, is it the muggy, muggy weather?
1: I think I spent too long on the internet. And I'm beginning to find it difficult to socialise with people.
0: I find if you stare at a screen too long, and this probably goes for staring at movies too long as well, that your spatial awareness in the real world gets quite out of practice. So you feel like you're walking through a 2D image that doesn't quite make sense.
1: Yeah, I think I watch so many films that I forget what the line between real life and, um, and on-screen things has become increasingly narrow... And I forget to move my face to react to people. <laughs> and I can see I'm just watching them, forgetting that I'm present in the situation.
0: And they are aware, you're just staring at them. I'm just looking at them, and I think, oh, well, I should do something with my face to reassure you. To let them know that you're, you're enjoying what they're saying, or that you're empathetic,
1: or you're... That I have some sort of feeling or <laughs> emotion. So maybe I'm becoming
0: increasingly autistic. Oh. Is that possible? Is it possible? Can you get more... Hey, I'm not a scientist. If I was, I would not be here. Yeah?
1: David's really smiling at me to prove that point. I'm not a scientist. Well, I am not moving my face. (laughs) Is is it... Here's the question. Okay. Is it possible for someone to become... it, It... is autism, does it grow or
0: does it become less? I think there's a genetic component to autism from my limited understanding of it. Um, So people can be born autistic. I think you can probably as well develop autism-like habits because the brain is a malleable thing and changes itself for what you do on a regular basis. Well, that's a Would be my guess.
1: It's a very... That's a very educated guess. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Well, the reason I say it is because we had a, a, a meeting with him before and David and I were there yeah. I was watching David react to this bloke I thought David's doing a much better job at being social and I wasn't even I
0: couldn't be bothered to move my face but you reacted how I do in castings where I can't be bothered to I can't be bothered to show them that I really want uh, this part by playing the role so I just sort of say the line's in a deadpan sort of, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I wanted to say Ryan Felipe, but that's not the person I mean Ryan at all. Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan way. Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Even when I say his voice, I get
1: excited. Ryan Gosling. So um, that's t- two sort of non-film related topics.
0: Yeah, we've been to the cinema. We sure. have been to the cinema. Do you want to go first this this week? What have you been to see? I. Saw
1: an Oscar-nominated film. This is our last podcast before the Oscars come out. Uh, I went to see a foreign language film. Actually, I saw it. I downloaded it on my computer for money, though. Yeah, yeah. Good man. What what three pounds forty nine? What country is it from? It's from Italy. Do you know what it's called? I don't. The Great Beauty. It's called. The Great Beauty. I don't know what that is in Italian. Um, right, La Grande Bellezza. La Grande is it La Grande Bellezza? La Grande Bellezza.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, it's a very long film. It's two thousand twelve minutes. It recently won a BAFTA for best foreign film. It is by the director Paolo uh, Sorrentino, who uh, has done um, things like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's done some other films it may sound dear listener like Marek's looking this up online but he's just struggling well, with his I'm own memory up,
1: But and, and the main actor is a bloke called T- Tony Savillo ok so what? what's interesting about watching these foreign films this is probably the most Italian film I've ever seen it's not like any American film and uh, it follows a life of this author, uh, about a week or so in his life, uh, he goes to a, uh, a party. his uh, 60th or 65th birthday party.
0: Oh, it's that one with the um, statue on the poster with yeah. that that man, that camp man in the, in the picture. Well, he's not camp. He's he's he is basically he's, 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 he's not,
1: Italian. <laughs> yeah, he's Italian, so he's quite start. He's quite um, stylish. He in looks his like way. a European Jarvis Cocker. Yes. Yeah, that's quite a good uh, example of him. He plays an author who wrote this amazing book 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and now survives being a journalist. And it's about the sort of opulence and the lifestyle of Rome. It's a film just about Rome, and uh, it's very Italian. And at first, it starts off with this odd party where they're all dancing, and there's just two two different versions of... um, modern music covers they're called aren't they yeah they are yeah uh, it's this huge party and people characters don't know are saying things and dancing around and I hated it I, I thought it just it doesn't make any sense there's no regard to the normal traditional storytelling uh, of what has we talked about there's a lot American films and I didn't know whether this was I didn't enjoy the start of it because I was so brainwashed by the structure that we always bang on about mm. There's no real structure in, in this. It's just a sequence of events of him meeting people and odd moments. It feels at times as if you're watching an advert, the way it's shot. And the ca- some of the camera movements are really inventive. And a lot of the critics have said you see Rome in a, a brilliant light. I think you have to be Italian or know about Rome and this lifestyle to understand and appreciate this film because I think it's just a sort of a comment on um,
0: rich, these rich, educated party goers' lifestyle. So it is just sort of a day in the lifestyle thing rather no, than there's a story. It's sort of like a week of,
1: of, of events and him talking to people and him experiencing people and chatting to them and about their lives and how it's, uh, it's a portrait of someone's life. And I suppose it's saying about the futility of life and he's getting old, he's getting 65, he's trying to find some sort of answer mm. in his uh, meetings with people and trying to find some sort of meaning, which I suppose he does at the end. You get used to it, you get used to, it's so long, it's like two hours, 12 minutes long, so over a... I always started, I watched the first half an hour. I got a bit annoyed with it. Then I watched it another hour, and that was enough for me. It was, I watched it in a style of you would watch, a, you know, a, a, a series, <laughs> an HBO series yeah. or something. It's different to anything else. It does stay with you. We talk about films that stay with you. I don't know. Susan that's necessarily, necessarily likable. The main character. It just feels different to a lot everything I've ever a lot of films I've seen in a good way. Good and bad because. I'm not I'm ashamed to say I felt quite stupid not knowing what was going on a lot of the time and lost. I do feel like I'm of a certain level of intelligence that if I feel lost, a lot of other people would feel lost at times in this film. But
0: I, I'm 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 willing to believe that it's not that you are not sophisticated or perceptive or clever enough to work out what's happening oh, in thanks. this film. Like I, I mean, I haven't seen it so I, I can't say. But I think often it's impossible to tell the difference between a very clever, artistic, subtle film and just purposefully baffling the audience so that they feel like it must mean something. Um, And I I think sometimes the author doesn't know which it is, you know, because they're not always they're not always scientists about what they're doing. Sometimes they're just sort of throwing ideas in there or things that make them feel something and letting the audience sort it out for themselves. Yeah. So it doesn't. It might not actually mean anything. I think it, it did have... It had some beautifully written moments towards the end. And,
1: and bear in mind that, I've got to say, some of the subtitles, like the act of killing me watched
0: last week and this film, yeah.
1: the subtitling is terrible. You know, we where it's an effort to read the subtitles.
0: Well, sometimes when... Um, they haven't made the subtitles in a different colour, even yeah, though exactly. it, it's over that colour. Yeah. it's like the um, uh, the old Austin Powers gag of the subtitles appearing over white things, so yeah. it looks like it says something else. And that's just, it's such a basic thing to say, yeah. but in both of those films,
1: I, I was struggling to read it at times. I had to sit close up to uh, the screen to read it. Um, this is a slice of life, and I read a lot of, and this has been got lots of plaudits and lots of praise from real film lovers and yeah. uh, I wouldn't say I'm you know top end sort of highbrow film buffs I'm just in the middle yeah um, it's a slice of life and I suppose if you say that filmmaking is about seeing else's, someone's life from someone or you know the best bits of art are giving you opportunity to see the world from someone else's perspective and their understanding of it Uh then it's worth seeing I mean he sort of finds out the woman he was in love with was in love with, he split up with her as a teenager was in love with him his whole life but it's not told It. there's no there's no real staging there's no real the party seems staged and flamboyant mm. and there's odd beautiful moments where he just shoots something that looks uh, you know some sort of semi-nude person doing something odd you know, in the start of those uh, of art films would do yeah
0: I, <sighs> have you seen much Italian stuff before
1: no it grew on me as I got as I got accustomed to it after hating it at the start <laughs> it grew on me and I think it deserves a second watch for it to for people to understand it but I don't know whether I'm just saying that because afterwards I looked it up and I read all these people saying, saying
0: it was great and you wanted to
1: yeah I don't know yeah. I can't come away from it thinking that is an amazing Tricky. film
0: I've seen a bit of Italian stuff and I'm a you know, I don't profess to be an expert on movies at all, and so is it Italian New Wave or Italian Neo Realism, one or the other, um, that was a big, very influential wave in European cinema that came out of Italy. With um, is it Fellini's Roma and stuff? Yeah, I'm not really watching so, really much Fellini, and I think he is. I would describe it for an English audience quite. Like, I I personally think Mike Lee has borrowed heavily from that Italian style, and his. Um, especially of showing the working classes but just sort of long shots just sort of observing rather than being excitingly in amongst everybody's lives you know this sort of there's a drudgery and a mundanity to it but that almost makes it more moving Mm. Um, that's I'm just sort of Contributing all I know, but <laughs> because no, I I mean I haven't I haven't watched a hell of a lot of that stuff before. Like like you, you know, I've probably seen more French films and now Scandinavian films. Yeah, but Italian less so. Yeah, me too. I'm not, I think he's
1: in you know, a lot of the criticism I've read um, about it. People saying, "Oh, he's an ex great Italian director, and this is his best work." But I'd like to be able to speak. It's one of those things we want to be able to speak the native tongue to mm. understand. What is it? I imagine what it's, is what it's like for an Italian person as a good example watching a Mike Lee film yeah that's so resolutely you know English or British yeah that you can me- maybe never really get the nuances to that unless you're a native of that
0: country yeah well so two questions one how many Marricks? I'm going to give it six. Oh, okay that's surprising and I don't,
1: and I think I need to watch it again. But, uh, but it it does look. It's called the Great Beauty. One thing it does look beautiful, and the way the camera moves in it. I think you get used. To, I spent the whole of January trying to make a sketch show myself, disastrously. And then when I watch people things from the technical aspect, it's which another game again, more, isn't it? Yeah. I think how do they do how do they do that I shot know. where
0: it seems to be a steady shot over uh, is it a crane, you I know? Mean, you if could, you borrow a camera and you're told it's a good camera and stuff's been shot on this and then you try and shoot something and it just doesn't look like drive. No matter what you do. It just looks like someone's home video footage rather than I mean
1: how how do they do that? I was just thinking, it's the movement, it was in this yeah. with a is it on a you know they've got the jibs they put it on so it, when you see the shots a lot of American films that the high up shot
0: yeah, that comes that down, comes down so you beautiful. see these huge
1: jibs on that but there were shots like that where it carried on moving so I thought is it on a and if you've been on a film so they've got a dolly where they move it along or a tracking thing Yeah,
0: I couldn't work out what they were using well of course there's an extra tool these days which is the, uh, the computer morphing shot where you go from a, a jib and then you just line up close enough and then you oh, can okay. you can do you can you know can CGI over the seam so it is seamless from one into the other sometimes or or they've just worked out something practical and clever i mean the the steady cam rigs are getting so light and portable these days yeah. that it could be literally a steady cam guy sat on a jib that is then just lowered to the ground and then who knows who knows but it's f- fun stuff there'll be mounting Well, they do have got cameras on birds, haven't they? They've got cameras on birds now.
1: Um, Do they? Who's done that? Well, in in the wildlife footage, they put, like, GoPros on eagles and stuff like that. (laughs) Do
0: they? Yeah, you see... webcams on a a Sparrow.
1: Yeah, that's what they have. They'll have ladybird with cameras on them. That's all you do. You just have a camera whack it in the back end of a ladybird or the front end send
0: a whole load of them out there's an amazing film about insects that I don't think they have a camera on a ladybird but there's probably some in it I think it was called a French film called Microcosmos but just incredible macro footage of insects and their daily lives like a nature documentary but tiny amazing absolutely amazing the footage of a dung beetle rolling this ball of dung um for ages and ages, and then it gets stuck on a stick just oh slowly no. pushes it in and it's it's heartbreaking, you really feel for him in the end,
1: oh imagine doing that and you've got to roll your own muck up again, <laughs> you start from scratch,
0: yeah, I just watched it thinking, I know how you feel, mate rolling my shit around,
1: <laughs> yeah, and it gets stuck on a misplaced stick I just didn't see coming
0: C'est la v. C'est la vie, Monsieur Dog Beetle. Um, Alright. Oh, and my second question was going to be, uh, do you think this uh, will beat The Hunt for best foreign language film? Yes. You do think it will? I think it's one of those films that film people really love. But are the, are the people voting for the Academy Awards film film I think people? it's
1: more ambitious than The Hunt. I think okay. The Hunt, content-wise, is ambitious.
0: I think The Hunt could have been made for TV. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a an intimate, good story. It's a, well shot as well, but it could have been a BBC drama or something. I think this is
1: a tr- trendy thing to like, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, by what you're describing, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, well... Letters? Do we have any letters? Yes, we do have one. Good. Um,
1: this is from uh, our uh, long-time listener, um, Francesca Scalici.
0: Christ, that's long. Um,
1: it's um, um, you can maybe read this bit. Which bit?
0: Which bit? Which bit were you pointing at?
1: We talked about um, actresses. I was reading really about Nicole Kidman lo- looking like she was always yes. acting. Yes. So we had a few people comment on that, and there's some comments here.
0: Okay. Uh, what accent do we do? Um, well, she's sort of. Um, I
1: always end up doing New York, but she don't think she's from there. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, hello, David and Merrick, an increasingly bold and noisy buddy. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead because Merrick said, uh, Nick. Yes, a thousand times yes. Nicole Kidman has been an actress who has sincerely bothered me for some time. And you nailed exactly the problem. She seems to be constantly aware of how she looks and how she is being perceived, instead of inhabiting her characters. It's a gripe I have with many, many actresses. They seem to have this third eye, constantly aware and watching themselves, which yields a style of acting that I like to describe as posing. I made a comprehensive list of actresses I deem guilty of this, and after looking at it, realized I think it comes from them wanting very much to control their image, and thus always performing to fit that self-appointed character trait. Examples. Scarlett Johansson. S- Sorry, Danielle. Always seems to be highly concerned with being overly overtly sexy. Kristen Stewart is constantly posing in awkward-slash-sexy ways, a particular gift of teenagers in the last ten years. Ellen Page seems interesting in always being super cool and above it, even the lauded and adored Anne Hathaway. While I find her watchable and talented, I always feel like you can hear the gears of great acting grinding away. Other women I find guilty of posing when they should be acting, Kira Knightley, Jennifer Aniston, Catherine Heigl, and the entire cast of Sex and the City. Uh, it's an interesting point. Whether, whether actresses are more guilty or not... Uh, I would say it's probably a harder world for them in that they are constantly being cast for their looks over their ability to inhabit a character. And so there is a hell of a lot of pressure on them. I would agree, you know, in greater or lesser degree with that list. uh, I agree. But she says that one later on that ones who don't do that
1: are... Kate Winslet Tony Collette Emma Thompson Kate Blanchett Mel Streep Helena, Miller and Jude Dench Naomi Watts Francis McDormand etc etc so yeah. um that is I think it's a fair fe- they are people who annoy me Ellen Page really annoys me really I can't watch her I just want to I just, can't stand it <laughs> I think it's awful what he did that one the um paedophile film Hard Candy yeah and I thought I just hated her in that
0: I quite liked her um I think she's I think she's fine um, I I'm a big fan of Emily blunt I think she's very good at being natural and uh, and all um no I mean it's good actors isn't it really I mean you see exactly the same with um, leading men I remember finding I, I enjoy them but I remember finding it quite funny in the first um, mission impossible in mission impossible film that Simon Pegg is in mm. where as soon as you put an English person sort of acting semi-normally next to Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames, they suddenly look ridiculous. It's <laughs> oddly... They're like, to- like they're really trying too hard and being... It, you suddenly get a context that if you were there in the room, you'd find them a bit much. Whereas... The, it, you, you, the English so, person? You no, know, you find Tom Cruise and Ving Rames. Find, yeah, the, I find it that the, the token English
1: person, which is Simon Payne also, uh, who a lot of these things, but... Um, is always really annoying
0: and really overly British. Who?
1: I, I And
0: sort of, sort of like a rubbish That's what the big cast thing. does though isn't it? That's what the That's American always... audience wants to see. Yeah I
1: don't know. But talking on the same subject Yes. Uh, Robert Burris has emailed um, in, uh, he's from Liverpool Do uh, your scouse again. Yeah. Dear chaps in this week's Podcast, she talks about how certain actors are guilty of trying really hard to come across as wonderful, beautiful award magnets rather than acting. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing yesterday when I popped to see George Clooney's latest ball Fest, The Monuments Men. The film itself was almost unspeakably awful, and the only fun I I had was this spotting the (laughs) moments. Sorry, I don't don't know where that moment's coming from. Spotting the moments. When Gorgeous George was very obviously trying to let us know he was a cross between Cary Grant and the Dalai Lama, the two scenes in which he gives a lecture to uh, the FDR about why it's important to stop the Nazis from torching Picasso's are particularly egregious. Egreg- egregious, sorry. But my favourite example is about ten minutes in, when he gives an inspiring speech to his team that, in any properly constructed film, would have come across as the start of Act Three. Um, right, there we go. Well, oh, so that's a good, say...
0: that's a good spot. They just you're rallying the men. Stick it right at the beginning. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. I'm, I've just uh, recalled talking about the leading men that do it as well. I I thought Ben Affleck was actually very guilty of this in Argo. His character barely goes on any journey because he's just keeping it so Oscar bait and beautiful all the time. He doesn't stretch himself at all. He's got to be normal.
1: Uh, We've got another uh, letter here about someone who's seen a film as well. Oh, that's nice.
0: (laughs) Do a posh twat accent. Right. Dear American David, I went to the cinema the other day and saw a film. It It was bloody good. Given that the cinema in question is run by students, so all the films they put on are a couple of months late, you may already have seen it. Also, I used trains a lot and have in the past used a whole host of imaginative expletives to describe the people who nick copper wire and thus bugger up the trains. So I was very interested by the selfish giant which portrays the experiences of, chi- of a child living on the far side of the bread line doing exactly that. Apparently it's based on a short story by Oscar Wilde, but any whimsy the original may have possessed is obliterated. It's not a sad film. It's a film in which absolutely nothing happy happens. Anyway, it's really good. Go watch it. Lots of love from Oliver in Southampton. I've heard The Selfish Giant's very good. Really?
1: Yeah. I did go to cinema with a friend um, to see it, and he said it was boring and didn't want to watch it, so he went to the pub instead oh okay that's that's uh, that's not an as interesting story <laughs> and
0: Stephen Smith's emailed in well you can have four pints for the pi- the price of a cinema ticket these days so. I drink red wine okay Stephen Smith
1: hi David Americ. if you reviewed Inside Llewellyn Davis on this podcast please disregard this email and carry on
0: we have done yes I have
1: reviewed it right. and only a couple of podcasts ago
0: Stephen Smith well, we can disregard it and carry on.
1: Oh, he likes it, though. Oh, that's good. But well, I'm disregarding it.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for your letters. If you'd like to get in touch, uh, then please do so. Uh, you can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or write on our Facebook wall, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango or tweet us at filmfandango. Um, right. I've been to the cinema as well. Um, I went to see the even more arty um than The Great Beauty. The Lego Movie. Oh, The Lego Movie. The Lego Movie. movie. Mm. I went to see The Lego Movie for people who have been living under a rock. Um, the Lego Movie is um, a movie based upon the children's toy Lego. And it's all um, animated in inverted commas out of Lego. It's actually nearly exclusively CGI but they make it look like it's animated out of actual Lego blocks and it's about a character called Emmett who is a builder in um, Lego City and uh, he basically goes through a Matrix story pretty much exactly the same as the Matrix so that's what it's about Is it Uh, long? uh, It's not that long no, no, it's a kids movie Um, I think theoretically, although it's written by the guy who did 21 Jump Street Or guys who did 21 Jump Street. Um, And it has Channing Tatum and um, Jonah Hill in it at one point, playing Superman and the Green Lantern. Wow. Um, But no, I mean, it's. It it started so well. Like, it surprised me. Like, I I never expect to be surprised with these films, especially with kids' films. But um, it started in a dystopia. We're in Lego City where Emmett as this builder is uh, always following the the rules, the instructions and he has the exact same life as everyone else, drinking the same shitty coffee from the the coffee shop, watching the same terrible sitcom called Where's My Pants and uh, going to work at the building site and all of them sing the same pop song, which is Everything is Awesome. Sounds better Um, than my life. And... uh, and then he discovers that actually there is there's a whole prophecy with a wizard played by Morgan Freeman and an evil guy called Lord Business played by Will Farrell and he's going to basically the evil plan is he is going to uh, Lord Business likes everything exact and he doesn't like creativity so he's going to glue the world together he's going to glue all the blocks together so that So there's no Lego. So there's no more Lego. Um, and uh, Emmett, this character finds out about the Master Builders, who are the people who can actually uh, invent new patterns rather themselves by being creative, rather than following the instructions uh, of the time.
1: Is it any? Are there any human people in it? Uh,
0: spoilers. Okay. Uh, it's got a good act three. Let okay. me just say that, but. Uh, everyone's loved this critics across the board um, they've said it's really good it is funny it's got it's got some excellent gags in it as you'd expect from the 21 Jump Street people Um, as I say I think a, a great third act almost sort of to the point where you go oh this this could be up there with like Princess Bride or something for just something that is very warm hearted and blah 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 I was really bored in the middle. And I looked around me... and for For most of the film, in fact. I looked around me and the cinema was full of kids, obviously. And they were mostly bored as well. And it is... Basically, it's doing the Matrix story. Trying to be Toy Story. It turns from the Matrix into Toy Story, basically. But it just doesn't have the patience and good taste of the storytellers that Pixar do. It is like... A Pixar film on fast forward. Everything goes by so so fast Mm. that, like, like unpleasantly fast. Maybe you're
1: just getting old, David. No,
0: no, no. The kids were bored as well. They couldn't follow it because it was going too fast. Like they were just, they were basically had just characters describing what what they uh, they would be showing if they had more time. So actually, at its best, it was a very funny kids film like uh, some moments that were amongst the best i've seen and at its worst it was pirates of the caribbean 4 where it is just going from set piece to set piece and getting as quickly as possible cuz by god what if this is boring i hope it's not boring and then just describing plot to each other that's all the dialogue was was characters describing plot to no. each other or doing gags then describing the plot to no. each other then doing gags no it, it was really boring no <laughs> exactly there you go well, there you go. Also, a point that nobody else seems to have picked up on, but um, I've seen around Twitter and Facebook and every, and talking to people that everyone uh, comes out of it singing the song. With, Everything is awesome! Which is sort of what they are all singing at the end, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's a, either a massive mistake or there's someone on the writing staff who's cleverer than uh, the Lego Corporation. Because the start of the film is... Everybody going around like little automata, just doing what they're told, living the same consumer life as everybody else and singing Everything is Awesome. And by the end of the film, that's exactly what the audience are doing. Going out into the world, wanting to buy more Lego and singing Everything is Awesome. And there's something really sinister about that, that it was a dystopia at the beginning of the film yeah. and it's how we've been left at the end of the film. Oh, God. Creepy. Oh, God, David. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, David. Yeah, uh, but you know it's 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 fine. It's not as good as everyone's saying. There's a letter about it. Read it. Sheila Larkins written. in D- David Merrick Buddy and
1: all oh, et all. Yes, film Fandango. I've been to see. Oh, from Dublin. David Merrick Buddy and all. Yes, Phil and Fandango. I've been to see Lego Movie and it's awesome. The humour is excellent. The story is great. Act three just perfect. The animation slick with rough Lego edges. People clap throughout the movie in the cinema. Everyone was singing the song when leaving. If you have any doubts about seeing this movie, dismiss them and go awesome.
0: Sheila, Dublin. Brainwashed. You see how many times she used the word awesome?
1: You're the first person I've, I've heard who doesn't like it.
0: No, I didn't say I don't like it. I liked bits of it. I found the story to be this is another thing I found the, the story to be not only boring but hypocritical uh, or um, contradictory should you say because it was all about stop following the tram lines think for yourself create new things it doesn't matter if they're weird just but create for yourself and it's completely copied the plot of another film mm. so I mean it's it's there's, there's a problem there for me as a storyteller you just go well you're not you're not being clever enough um you're, you know, you're just sort of being lazy. Who should be killed? Uh, no one should be killed, I don't think. I think it's... I think it's a fun enough film. It's a fun enough film. It's got some good gags in it, but it's sort of... It's dizzying and boring in the middle. Mm. Um, Sounds Chris like a Pratt like my is prob- <laughs> Dizzying and boring. I'd never find you dizzying. In the middle? Oh, in the middle, Ooh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spiky at the edges. Um, Chris Pratt, who plays the lead... Uh, people may know from Parks and Recreation who is yeah. fantastic and he's had a he's going to be massive because he's now the leading Guardians of the Galaxy, the new Marvel thing as well Yeah, so he's very good very likeable, the cast is superb you know, but yeah, this just, it's not I don't want to do it down if people love it fine, go ahead and love it, but it, for me it's a 6 out of 10
1: it's two sixes. We've had even more letters. Do you want to read some more letters? Go on, then. Also, it's an article we should do that. Uh, we've got um, uh, a letter from Washington State. Alex Kayler's written in, and um, he suggested, I'll just do time tiny bit to these letters, he suggested uh, for a documentary, Cane Toads and a Natural History. Okay. Because uh, it's well written, disturbing and humorous. And he saw it decades ago for the first time, and he'd like to hear what people think of it. I've never heard of Cane Toads. Cane Toads. It sounds very interesting, though. And um, uh, someone, uh, Ben Evans, has asked what happened to episodes pre-number 63.
0: Uh, pre-63, we were with Absolute Radio, um, and I haven't checked, but they should still be on the Absolute Radio website. Um the archive so you can google absolute radio film fandango and you should find them there
1: um uh, it's quite a, I don't get to read them all um and oh oh no I'm getting a bit look, There's lots of oscar predictions so we should do our oscar predictions here and um Oh, blimey, I haven't thought about mine. Well, you should think about them right now. Oh, God. And Short Film Sundays. is he went in to recommend stories um, we tell. I think I've talked about that before. That's a really good website. If you, look up, if you want to find out about short films, look up Short Film Sunday, uh, which has lots of... They pick out a new short... I played them a, a while back before. They pick out a new short film every week, and it's all on the internet. It's really, really good. Cool. Um, and also, on our Film Fandango page on Facebook, I've posted a short film from some friends of mine who won... Or for a BAFTA called Something's Wedding what was it called? Dodo's Wedding or me. oh with yes Ben
0: yes. Wilborn and Lord um, Solon Tootie's Wedding no
1: Tootie's Wedding
0: Tootie's Wedding that's right and
1: it's on the Film Fan website you should check that if you want to weren't you in a show with them? I was in a show called Laura Ben Him which was our in 2006 and you were him I was him and the producer ignored every single sketch I wrote okay ha
0: ha ha amazing
1: so it's Oscar predictions What you, I've seen all of the main films apart from Phenomena, which is not on the cinema now which I would have to illegally download you haven't I, seen Nebraska I haven't seen Nebraska I haven't seen her so yeah. those ones I haven't seen
0: well if you do your predictions first I can then pick I'll, I'll have time to pick mine I'm uh, doing mine very okay. quickly a lot but... of
1: people have got very similar predictions to me so actor Matthew McConaughey Best Actress. I would think Lissa McCarthy should have got it for the heat, but she's not because she's not even nominated. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Or I'm thinking it's the the one from. Um, Blue is uh, the warmest color. Yeah. Colour. yeah. Well, I think Kate Blanchett will get it. Interesting for Blue, Jasmine. Yeah. Supporting Actor, I think Jared Leto will. Get it? Uh, the the BAFTA went to the guy who played the um, pirate. I forgot his name. In Bacard Abdi. Yes, in Captain Phillips. Yeah. I think I don't know. I think I I think Jared Leto. Uh, I prefer the performance. Supporting actress. I think Jennifer Lawrence will get it
0: for American Hustle. Yeah. Okay.
1: Because she's flavor of the month.
0: Okay, and director.
1: Best Picture and Director. Oh, Best Picture, yeah. Best Picture. The ones I've seen is Dallas Buyers Club. That's what I think should get it, but I think 12 Years a Slave will get it. Yeah. No, I'm going to go Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Okay. And then Best and director. director,
1: it will go to um, Gravity Man, won't it?
0: Alfonso Coron, Yeah, I think so. My guess is it's going to be fairly similar to yours, actually. I would, okay. I would say um, I would Let's say Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity
1: the Director
0: Director I'll
1: say the top. and the best actor
0: the best actor in a leading role I would go for um, Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to put my weight behind uh, Bruce Dern for Nebraska oh, that's a brave one yeah why not I liked him in that um Best Actress Um Kate Blanchett, I think I'm gonna go for as well.
1: I I really liked Amy
0: Adams in uh, In American Hustle. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm g- gonna change mine then to yeah. Amy Adams. Amy Adams, okay. Then Best Actor in a Supporting Role, I'm gonna go with Michael Fassbender in Twelve Years a Slave. Okay. And Best Actress uh Lupita Nyongo.
1: Okay. Best picture, David.
0: Best picture, I think, will go to... It's got to go to 12 Years a Slave, hasn't it? Maybe it won't. Maybe... I'm going to go Gravity.
1: Wow. That's a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll look through... If you want to uh, enter
0: for the prize, which is a email a a a once in a lifetime (laughs) film, Fandango no we're not going to email it I'm just going to put it on the Facebook page for all to see I'm going to present it on Facebook Okay. so if you're part of a witness protection scheme you don't want your then why are you emailing us with your real name that would be my question you deserve it you really deserve it you idiot so okay. what am I saying I don't know if you basically, by the time you listen to this, you have until we record the net. Well, until the Oscars. Let's be honest. Yeah. You have until the Oscars to send us your predictions, so that you could win that glorious, glorious certificate. And the moment we've had about ten entries. So, so
1: from the likes of Robert Burris, Simon um, Sculthorpe, uh, An- Andy McAfee, uh, Brian Sear. Uh, oh there's some more further (laughs) down
0: other people Adam
1: Saunders and other people and there's some on our Facebook page as well but email dearfilmfandango at gmail.com
0: yes and we do all these podcasts for free so if you would care to uh Contribute towards our running costs or pay us for all of this lovely, lovely free content we've been giving you for 120 weeks. Yes, listeners, it's been that long. Then please uh, do contribute. You can go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And to everyone who has already, thank you. Thanks for watching. And thanks for smelling us. We'll be back next week with more films. Keep watching the films. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.